Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited, national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines, action-packed table games, and the largest smoke-free area in the state, plus a newly remodeled casino floor and new center bar. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest at Emerald Downs. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You can find that wherever you do listen to podcasts, which are ubiquitous these days. Horse Racing Northwest, Joe Withy, along with Vince Brune and Wes Petrie, our engineer, marketing director, keeps us, gets us out there so you can listen. Fellas, good morning. Good morning, Joe. We are into the real teeth of the meeting now. Yeah, we are. Uh, this is the Quarter Horse Stakes Week of which that will happen on Thursday. First race, 5 p.m. Pacific at Emerald Downs on Thursdays. Another 11-race card preceded by Wednesday racing at 2.25 p.m. this particular week. Another 11-race card. And just things going well overall at the meeting, Vince. Another uh, exciting week last week. It sure was, Joe. And uh, the racing remains extremely competitive. And I'll, I'll tell you... You know, this stat kind of struck me as interesting. Frank Lucarelli, our leading trainer, usually when you're a leading trainer at the meet, you know, the fans catch on to that and the mutual prices affect it. Frank's got 21 wins and his average mutual payoff is 14 bucks. Wow. And that includes two stakes winners, double digit last week. Killarney last dominant, you know, and right. in the Boeing. And uh, she earned an 85 buyer. Speaking of Killarney last... Let's go to last Thursday's first of two stakes races right now, as called by track announcer Tom Harris. A little less talk, trying to reach the leader from the outside with just over a furlong to go. Diamonds are back third at the rail. Killarney last, running a big one today. Kicks on the thrusters in the Boeing, and Killarney last. Home to win the Boeing clear by four or five. Killarney last right at four to one, ten dollars to win. Uh, she had never outrun a little less talk in three previous meetings. Uh, but boy, Killarney Lass is capable of those big things. She sure is. And interesting, earlier this year at Phoenix where she came off the pace and uh, got me thinking maybe she is more than just a one-dimensional horse, but she looked like she had the pace advantage going in, and she did. She uh, 
she uh, dominated a little less talk, her usual good performance. Uh, she didn't have any help uh, up front with anyone attacking Killarney last, so she probably had to go a little earlier than she would like, but she lost nothing in defeat, in my no. opinion. Another good second for her. So uh, Killarney last, 85 buyer, highest of the meet here at Emerald Downs. Oh, really? Okay, good to know that. Killarney last, yeah, she dominated. You know, uh, for having those talented fillies and mares in there, there really wasn't much speed in there. And Killarney right. last just uh, broke alertly from that outside. And after that, it was all over. She did go fast, uh, not super fast in the opening quarter, 22-3, 44-2, uh, 44-3 to the half. And uh, she was just moving, and there was just no stopping her. We saw her be spectacular at age two and three, and now again at age four. She's the first stakes winner in the Philly and Mare division. Then we had the Colts and Geldings division, and uh, Barkley was looking to become a stakes winner again this year. 10 for 19 lifetime. A little flat-footed out of the gate in the Mount Rainier, and uh, we'll talk about that, but let's hear the call and the finish of last week's Mount Rainier. Papa's Golden Boy still out front by five or six with just over a furlong to go in the Mount Rainier. It's Papa's Golden Boy, take charge deputy, trying to cut into that margin. Along the inside, Elliot Bay's in late. 50 yards for home now. Papa's Golden Boy, here comes Elliot Bay. One final surge. Elliot Bay takes the Mount Rainier in the final jump. Elliot Bay takes the Mount Rainier, catching the very ultra-fast Papa's Golden Boy in the final strides. Take charge deputy right in there at the end. Elliot Bay, state champion, two-year-old of 2017. Uh, stakes winner once again, and Frank Lucarelli in charge for Chad and Josh. Eddie Martinez, a stakes double on Thursday. And, of course, uh, the big story out of the race was Barkley uh, having to be retired after the race with a tendon injury. You could, Yeah, you could see in the stretch something was, was amiss with him. And, you know, he did have the long layoff the year before. And happy to say, though, he, he's okay. Yes. And, uh, you know, and what a heck of a career for that guy. You know, it's a shame to go out that way, but uh, I'll never, I'll never uh, forget some of his battles with Mach One rules here at the track. Best rivalry ever, and uh, a really nice story at EliSports uh, dot com. Absolutely, yeah. By Paul Beatty, uh, who really pays close attention summertime to Emerald Downs, and thanks for that, Paul. Eli Sports Network. Paul Beatty, a story on Barkley with uh, quotes from all involved and talking about the rivalry with Mach One rules. Barkley. Uh, just in, him and Noosa Beach, the only horses to win stakes at Emerald Downs at ages two, three, four, and five. Of course, a mile winner. Really one of the top horses in track history for his quality and longevity, you know, undefeated. Yeah, and his unique appearance yes. on the track, that big white face, he's kind of the blocky build there. Uh, just a cool horse, you know, and I think, what, 10 for 19 lifetime, six That's stakes 10 for wins. 20, I think. 10 now. for 20 yeah. with six stakes wins. Yeah, heck of a run. Howard Belvoir, Rising Star Stable, Javier Matias, the whole gang with Barkley. Yeah. Jennifer was. Whitaker all getting on in the mornings. Yeah, probably. Uh, 1,500 times on that, or well over 1,000 anyway. So, uh, Elliot Bay, on top of the division, the former Belvoir trainee, and Belvoir in charge when he won the Gottstein, 
And, of course, a big claim, an Emerald Downs record-tying claim of $50,000 last year. Yeah, and, Joe, after the race, we compared notes. We both agreed, Bar- or excuse me, uh, uh, he looked great on the track warming up yeah. and uh, kind of caught the eye and, and ran to a tough, tough beat for the runner-up there. He lost nothing, in my mind, in defeat. We knew that last half furlong was probably going to get a little dicey for him. I still thought at the 16th pole he was going to get there, but... Uh, the winner just surged late, and uh, the Yellow Best copy uh, got him late. Or, Papa's, excuse me, Elliot Bay. <laughs> yeah. Papa's golden boy, the very fast Vince Gibson trainee, ridden by Gary Wales, couldn't quite get that last uh, eighth of a mile with the lead in hand. And uh, they're looking at the Long Acres mile for him as well. So uh, we'll have more on the mile coming up. We're going to have a couple guests today. Mike Willman's going to join us, uh, publicity director at Santa Anita. Uh, Vince uh, spent uh, 15 years or so working down there, and you know Mike very well, and we've had him on the Win Place show several times over the years. Sure do, and uh, Mike's in my old chair down there in Santa Anita, and Mike was real close to Mel Melvin F. Studi, who mm-hmm. passed away last week at age 93, and uh, going to share some remembrances with us. Yes, and uh, Nick Lowe is loaded for the quarter horse races coming up at Emerald Downs this week. Boy, is he ever. Uh, him and owner Chris Sutton have the morning line favorite in all three races, wow. the Juvenile, the Distance Challenge, and the Challenge Championship. And uh, in fact, Nick's got the top two picks uh, in the Juvenile. So uh, Nick Lowe, uh, always uh, a factor with the quarter horses around here, is really loaded this week. He is, and those happen on Thursday, the first three races on the card. Um, Last week at Emerald Downs, we recapped those stakes events, uh, both pretty thrilling. Uh, Killarney last beating that outstanding field. Eddie Martinez, five wins last week, led all jockeys, and he took both stakes races, so he had a tremendous week. And Frank Lucarelli took both stakes as well. He led trainers with four. I think you have the weekly honors from week eight we do uh, uh you mentioned frank and eddie little barn racing and debbie perry yeah. they uh normally debbie would have gotten trainer of the week oh, but yeah. we had to give it to the guy who won both stakes so congratulations to her she and had three starters two wins and a, and a second Not and bad. uh great job by her and then uh, the wa bread of the week john's on point bred by gene welch a big debut run uh in a pretty tough two-year-old maiden special weight to get the win there yeah he had uh that one Probably is going to turn out to be a pretty darn talented field, and he really showed some ability. John's on point uh, taking that, and his brother was sold at the WTBA sale on Tuesday, a younger brother out of market formula. And uh, Smiling Tiger Horses went really well at the sale. That was the topper of $70,000 for uh, Smiling Tiger. That was a Colt. And uh, Smiling Tiger sold well. Uh, Danzing Candy, who was a good three-year-old in California a few years ago, he had a number in there, and his horses sold really well also. And there was uh, a lot of Harbor the Golds, uh, Coast Guards, and Abrages. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. I didn't make it over, but I was following online, and it was fun to watch the bidding. And it it seemed to go pretty well, Joe. Art McFadden purchased uh, a full brother to... uh, a Mach 1 rules, Harbor the Gold out of Felice the Cat. And uh, this horse did not look like a yearling. He looked like a three-year-old. That uh, was in the walk, uh, the preview ring. And boy, he was by far the biggest, longest horse of anybody. Speaking of Mach 1 rules, back with uh, photographer Frank Lucarelli's barn yesterday. And Mach 1 rules is still here at the track. Yeah, he is a pony horse in yeah. the Lucarelli barn. In fact, uh, Howard said 
he'd be willing to get a picture of Barkley and Mach 1 rules cool. together in maybe 10 days or so. Barkley, you know, a little bit of a tendon issue there, uh, but he's standing fine. Uh, both legs are fine, and uh, he's had a few issues over the years, but Howard's really... Uh, really thrilled with his physical condition despite you know not making that, that's great yeah. yeah and uh he looks to be going going on to a stud career in washington as a son of munnings who is just a tremendous stud uh we see munnings winners synthetic turf long short all over the north american continent yeah you bet and uh, you know interesting sire candidate uh barkley because he could sprint and he could route and he kind of had a unique build to him so uh i think you know he might get some bites as a sire i think he will and he's out of a medallia doro mare is barkley right so that the blood the blood's there the blood is there the blood is there and the blood worked in barkley so maybe it'll work in his offspring That'll be fun down the road. Uh, Alex Cruz leading jockey after eight weeks, 25 wins. Juan Gutierrez and Gary Wales have 22. Serapio Figueroa, 21. Eddie Martinez up to 16 after that five-bagger last week. Javier Matias, 14. A couple of stakes wins for Javier. Frank Lucarelli with his 81 wins last year, a record here at Emerald Downs. He's got 21 so far this year after eight days. Wow. And George Rosales, 14. Blaine Wright, 10. Joe Toy, 9 in the trainer column. Chad and Josh leading in the owner standings after uh, they have two stakes wins and a near miss in another stake. So they're doing well also. Hey, uh, let's see. We're going to do trivia and picks later as we do on Horse Racing Northwest. And we recap the sale a little bit and hope everybody's happy with uh, their prospects for next year and following years. We'll have some stats later. But uh, it's time to uh, take a short break, and we're going to come back with Mike Willman, Santa Anita Publicity Director, and talk some racing history here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an express bet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races up 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal would be prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700 Horse Racing Northwest continues. Joe with the Vince Prune previewing another week at Emerald Downs and uh, talking thor- thoroughbred history, especially in the West Coast. Well, not just there. And joining us is the publicity director from Santa Anita, who's been in this game a few years himself now, Mike Willman. Mike, good morning. Hey, good morning. Great to be with both of you guys. And Joe, much belated congratulations on your incredible call off the television monitor of the 2019 Long Acres Mile. 
in the annals of turfdom, that'll <laughs> never be equaled, and I mean it sincerely. Wow. Well, thank you very much. You know, that comes uh, that means a lot coming from you. It really does. You, you've been around the game a lot. That was uh, quite serendipitous, and uh, it's just a good thing we have so much stimulus on the mile itself with, you know, putting owner silks together. That helped a lot, but... Uh, yeah, well, that was a moment in time. Thanks, Mike, very much. It, it comes from being steeped in the game, as you have been, along with Vince. And a guy, when you're throwing something like that at the last minute, you knew all the players, and it was so obvious from the call. It, it's To me, that, that, was, uh, that was something that nobody else could do. Well, That's off to you, Joe. Thank you very much. Yeah, that, it's a good thing it only, I only knew about a half minute before. I would have got nervous. So, <laughs> Yeah, right. But Mike, you know, uh, Mel Studi passed away. Uh, he was a, a small part of Northwest history here. He won the Longacres Mile in uh, the 60s, 1966, with Aurelius II. And, uh, you know, he was up here for our first mile at Emerald Downs, 1996, with Bill Thomas. They were going to run score quick, and the horse just had a little issue you didn't run that day but he was featured mm-hmm. at our press draw but that's just a small part of his history and you knew him well and we want to get a couple of uh you know personal stories from you on and your comments on mel studi well the, the thing about mel was is uh, i wrote in the old bit that, that we did here last week was he came to play and as his son gary said melvin saw the good in everybody he, he really truly did uh, you know, he was a racing secretary's dream, an incredibly generous man. I mean, to the extreme, hmm. uh, he, as a result, a byproduct of his generosity and his affinity for the windows, he, he did, let's be frank, experience some significant economic uh, hardships, uh, you know, in, in later in life mm-hmm. because he didn't ratchet down his lifestyle in accord with the way uh, the business had slowed down. You know, as trainers get older, a lot of times they outrun their best owners. Those guys are very tough to replace. And uh, Melvin was, was no exception there. But an incredibly loyal man. If you talk to anybody that worked for him, I mean, Mel was, was great with his employees. He was loyal to, to the jockeys that rode for him. For the most part, he was able to keep his owners in line. I think of Snow Chief and the disappointment in the 1986 Kentucky Derby uh, you know, he just didn't fire that day, and he was in a position a quarter mile out, but it just seemed like he, he didn't like the racetrack. Uh, Melvin never offered up any excuses. One of the owners, Carl Grinstead, uh, you know, he was a guy that still kind of fancied himself as a trainer. He had been a licensed trainer in California and uh, made some noise of the effect that he wasn't happy with the ride, and Melvin never flinched. No, Alex Solis rides him in the Preakness. Hmm. The rest is history two weeks later. Uh, he was very, very good with, with his uh, barn help. If you went by the Studi barn, yeah, okay, maybe the music was a little bit loud, a little bit too early, and <laughs> there were some tall buds floating around there. But as Mel always said, you know, that's a job that, that I don't want to do, and uh, if they're getting the job done, I want these guys to enjoy themselves when they come to work. And uh, for the most part, things worked out really, really well. The barn ran well over the years. His horses stayed sound. They held their form. Uh, uh, Melvin uh, was was never uh, shy about the entry box. He entered. uh, I mean, if he showed up with 35 horses, boy, any racing secretary on this circuit, they could just program in how many starts they could count on. And, of course, he ran uh, a, a pretty big claiming operation. 
He ran them where they belonged, so those horses moved, and then they would be claiming horses. So on every level, he, he was great for the game. Outstanding. Yeah, loyalty, boy, that's a quality that uh, if you put that right up on somebody's uh, name and their obituary, then, uh, then you can go from there. But that's a great starting point. Mike, you know, everyone knows Snow Chief, but I went back and watched that 1987 uh, Breeders' Cup sprint, and I had forgotten just what a terror very subtle was, because Groovy came as the big fancied runner out of the, and she absolutely drilled that field. (laughs) Well, Groovy, now that was at Hollywood Park. Groovy was Andy Byers' lock of the day, and I mean, Pat Valenzuela, he meant a lot when he was rolling, and man, oh man, she ran her eyeballs out for that jock. They beat the boys. Uh, You know, I talked about it on my radio show this past Sunday with Kurt Hoover. Really think the Breeders' Cup sprint was was better then. I think it was tougher to win. Yep. The Phillies don't run against the boys anymore because we've got the Philly and Mare sprint. But back then, man, everybody was in the same cattle shoot, baby, and you better be tied on. Uh, It's interesting that, you know, very subtle was from the same crop as Brave Raj was. Mm. Uh, they actually paid a little bit of money. Gary Studi uh, kind of found Brave Raj uh, when they were running back east, and uh, I think they gave like 300000 for her. Anyway, she won the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Phillies here at Santa Anita in 1986. Then the next year at age three, it was, it was very settled's turn against the boys in the sprint. That was a massive uh, race uh, for her under Patrick. She didn't win the Eclipse, but anybody who saw that race, there was no, no doubt on that day she was the best sprinter. Yeah. One other thing, Mike, uh, as much as Mel liked the big tracks, he really was at heart. He lived in uh, Glendora, and every year when Fairplex Park and Pomona would come around, I worked there in 99. It was the 50th anniversary of Mel's first win there, mm. and he absolutely mm-hmm. loved running on the bull ring. He loved running on it. He, he he loved gambling there. <laughs> he loved having cocktails there with his entourage and Annabelle, his wife. She enjoyed it, too. It was so close to home. And, uh, you know, he just he loved everything about Pomona. And for him, it was as a kid, everybody used to call it uh, the Pomona Fair. Mm. And for Mel, and I'm getting a little emotional, sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, that was a big deal for him. To come up from Del Mar, to know he was loaded, and, man, he dropped those horses in for five claiming. A lot of them would run three times at that meet, and it was just nonstop action. He'd come in there every year knowing he had a big look to be leading trainer, and it, and it meant a great deal, deal to him because he grew up. He came out here at age seven from uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana with his family and uh, grew up in Covina, and at that time it was all orange groves. It was mainly agricultural. And that's what that L.A. County Fair was in those days. Anyway, just uh, a little context. It was a huge thing, and I know he was quoted several times saying he'd, he'd sooner win the, the Pomona Handicap than the Kentucky mm-hmm. Derby. Maybe at that stage of his life he really meant it, but I know uh, Kentucky Derby 1986 on that day, he he didn't really feel that way, you know. Yeah. But it, it was a great thing, and, and like I say, Mel, he just thrived out there. He really, really loved it. And, you know, I, I mentioned Tall Buds at the barn. It's no secret if you knew Mel, guys, he loved to have a cocktail. He made no bones about it. I never, ever saw it affect him. In my life, and I've been around, I was in baseball for a period of time, and I've been in this game now for uh, right about 40 years, 
And I've never seen anybody that could roll like Mel and just handle everything with a plumb. Never seen anybody who could enjoy scotch the way he did and never really saw it affect him. It's amazing, yeah. you know. Well, a racing secretary's dream, a, uh, a friendly guy, a loyal guy. His help seemed to love him, as you said, and uh, lots of stories. In fact, uh, in meeting Mel Studi, he was a good-sized man. Uh, I hear he was a pretty good high school athlete as well. Of course, that was well before our time, Mike. Yeah, he was, and he enjoyed all sports. He loved going to high school basketball games. He was a huge supporter of Glendora High School basketball, and you could see him at the games. I mean, if there was a home game, if mm. Mel didn't have a conflict with, with a horse somehow uh, maybe running late somewhere, he was there, and you usually see him up near the top of the gym. And he, he just he loved it, you know, and, and then he loved talking about it. Hey, I think this kid can really play, and this and that. Uh, he, he was a big guy in the community, just, just solid. I, I can't say enough about him, and, and I wish he was in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know he's uh, been on the ballot nationally, and maybe that day will come. Uh, Just uh, a tremendous career and a a very lengthy career started in the mid-1940s. Mike, thank you so much for uh, your remembrances on uh, Mel Studi passing away. uh, Great long life he lived. Thanks, Mike. Hell hell of a guy, and uh, his kind, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to see again. Anyway, thanks for the opportunity, guys, and have a great day up there. Thanks, Thank, Mike. Thank you very much. Mike right. Wilman, Publicity Director at Santa Anita on Mel Studi. And, uh, hey, can't say too many better things about a fella than, uh, than Mike did there. He was a, not only a, a racing secretary's dream, he was a racetrack's dream because he would participate at the windows. He'd buy all kinds of <laughs> beverages while he was at the track for everyone and everybody. So he just was fabulous. And, yeah. and no one enjoyed their career more than Mel Studi. Yeah. I bet Snow Chief in the 86 Derby. And you didn't come back in the Preakness? Right. Right. Oh. You know, I, I read in the no bit that uh, Charlie Whittingham, who had Ferdinand that year, told Mel, said, run him back in the Preakness. He was thinking of sending him home. He goes, yeah, forget that race. He's a good horse. Run him back. And then he ended up beating Ferdinand. Ends up beating Ferdinand. What I remember, too, from that broadcast, the 86 Preakness, the, the camera showed Mel at the windows just pounding it in on Snow Chief before the race. He didn't lose confidence good, in the horse. Good. Okay. Thanks to Mike Willman for that. Uh, yeah, Mel uh, tried to run in our first mile up here at Emerald Downs. Uh, did win it in 66 with the Rilius the second. So he is part of Northwest history as well. Well, um, let's uh, do our trivia for the week before we go to our second guest, Nick Lowe. Trainer Nick Lowe, big involvement in the, thorough, or the quarter horse stakes this week at Emerald Downs. Thursday, first race, 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursday, Wednesday, First race, uh, we're going to go right about 2.25 on Wednesday, Pacific time. Uh, Trivia last week's question was, of a horse that spent his or her entire career at Emerald Downs specifically, uh, who has the most starts? So your most starts in a career, all of which were at Emerald Downs. Uh, Dr. Bruce S. is in second place on that list right now. That would have been the one at the top of my list. Yeah. Just off the top of my head. And he's running on Thursday. Um, it was Harbro, owned by Lorna Brown, who was one of our great owners in the game, spanning many decades. Uh, Vince Gibson trained Harbro. Harbro, 80 starts for Harbro, all at Emerald Downs. Wow. Yeah. Uh, 
as you might guess. Uh, he was involved at two and all the way up to, I think, age nine, 2008, I know was his last year. 80 starts here. And uh, Warren had that answer right. So did Russ. And uh, Russ won the, the pull of the P. So Russ gets the Emerald Down hat. And that's, uh, that's good knowledge in Emerald Down's history, if you knew that one, because uh, there's not a lot of lists out there for that. So, um, And we're going to take one short break, and we're going to come back with trainer Nick Lowe. More to come here on this edition of Horse Racing Northwest. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines, action-packed table games, and the largest smoke-free area in the state, plus a newly remodeled casino floor and new center bar. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest continues, and of course, the Wednesday-Thursday schedule at Emerald Downs has been working very well. Handle up above expectations. Really good racing on the track, as we mentioned. Uh, the average win payoff, and uh, just some exciting racing. Two-year-olds ready to go. And the quarter horses come into action this week with Thursday's three quarter horse stakes races, Vince. We do. We've got the 10th running already, the Bank of Merit Emerald Downs Championship Challenge. That's 40000 wow. We've got the John Deere Emerald Downs Juvenile at uh, 30000 And then the Emerald Downs Distance Challenge at 870 yards. And uh, trainer Nick Lowe and owner Chris Sutton have the uh, top choice in all three races. So Yeah, Nick... Uh, Nick uh, Nick Lowe joining us here on Horse Racing Northwest. Vince does our morning line, and he pointed out to me a couple days ago, he goes, wow, Nick, uh, Nick's well-suited uh, in, in these three races. Nick, how you feeling about the quarter horse events on Thursday? Oh, looking forward to it. Can't wait. Very good. Well, let's just talk about each race a little bit. The first uh, race is the 870, and uh, CM Once in a Blue Moon is our defending champion, and it looks like he was going pretty well for you down at uh, Grant's Pass earlier this year, well, just a couple months ago. Yeah, uh, he's two for two at Grant's Pass in the little handicap and in allowance race, uh, set a new track record, so he ran really well. Wow, that's great. And, uh, you know, uh, treating these three, uh, some of these quarter horses, you have more than three in, actually, in the three races, Uh what about CM once in a blue moon? How do you decide that uh, he's an 870 type? Is, his, is it his body type or the fact that in maybe short races earlier in his career, he wasn't quite uh, the super speedster, maybe needed a little more ground? Um, it's more uh, how, he, how he trained. Um, and he was plenty fast enough to be running in the 440. He's uh, win a lot of allowance races going short. Um, in fact, he's won at Emerald going, I think, 350 or 400 yards uh, allowance race last year. Yes. Um, but he, uh, he, he just, type of horse never gets tired. And uh, so I just decided I've already got another really nice uh, shorter horse. So uh, I tried him around the hook, and I always thought he'd, he'd run well around the hook. Yes, indeed. Uh, defending champion of this uh, 870 distance challenge, and he's going to be a heavy favorite tomorrow, Vince. Yes, and then at uh, 350, the the juvenile, Nick's got a real interesting situation here. He's got CM Dillingham Advice as the morning line favorite at 2-1, to one, was the fastest qualifier for the Grants Pass 
Firecracker Futurity. Did not run in that race, however, and then Nick ended up winning with Louis, Louisiana Bunny at uh, 17 to 1. Nick, you mentioned you decided to sit that one out with CM Dillingham advice. Yeah, uh, it wasn't 100% uh, coming right up to the race, and it, uh, it was a hard decision, but he's got his whole career ahead of him, and I thought we'd just sit it out, and, and I'm glad we did. It turned out pretty well. Yes, uh, won his career debut in a wide open fashion. Wow, a two and three quarter length victory in a 350. That is dominating the race. And I see you're the breeder of CM Dillingham advice, Nick. Yeah, uh, it's one of the first ones I've been sole breeder on. I, uh, all these horses, the CM horses, as uh, partners with uh, Randy Dickerson, raising them up. And uh, we sold these, these three to Chris Sutton. But. Uh, the CM stands for uh, our mine and Randy's wife's name, Char and Meg. That's where we get the CM in front of everything. <laughs> ah, I see. Okay, I, I see a drill. As a, I'm, I'm kind of a quarter horse novice a little bit. Do you prefer drawing inside like uh, CM Dillingham Advice did, or do you prefer to be outside in a 350? Well, it depends on the horse. But uh, my four horses I have in, I three of them they drew the hole exactly what I'd have picked if I got to pick. Wow. Uh, the outside was the. Uh, Louisiana Bunny, the inside with uh, Once in the Blue Moon, and the outside with Boom Shakalaka, and Dillingham's the one that really doesn't matter where it runs from. So, uh, actually, it was a perfect draw. Boy, how'd that work out? Does That that works out every time for you, though, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I used to draw the bun hole every time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about uh, two year, uh, thir- quarter horses compared to thoroughbreds at age two? Is is there any difference in getting them ready and uh, the the, the uh percentage of getting them to the races at two or quarter horses easier or is there any difference there um you know they go through their growing pains and uh the, you know shim bucking and they go through getting sick all the time you know uh just because of the stress you're putting on them and so you're always constantly having to back off the same as you do a thoroughbred um and but they seem to maybe recover a little quicker um one because they're uh, not running as far, so you don't actually have to train as hard, you know. Okay. Um, so you can you can be a little softer on them, um, but you can't be too soft. <laughs> yeah. Who's better between the two? CM Dillingham Advice, who is uh, two to one on Vince's morning line, and Louisiana Bunny, who's seven to two. Who's better between those two? <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Louisiana Bunny came back and ran a faster time than he ran uh, in the. In his trial, he went 1780, I think, and she came back around 1776 in the finals and ran just a great race. I uh, just battled with another horse, and they beat the field by probably the rest of the field by two lengths at least, two and a half maybe. Um, so it's hard to say. She, she ran a really good race. That's great. Uh, it's nice to have that. Yeah, Louisiana Bunny, a two-year-old filly, and CM Dillingham Advice, a gelding. So they're going to go at it at Emerald Downs on Thursday in the two-year-old race. And then in the Bank of America Challenge here at Emerald Downs, 440 yards, CM Boom Shakalaka Vince. Uh, he is... Uh, Boy, well, a morning line-wise, it wasn't tough for you to make him the favorite. No, he's been really sharp this year. The, the defending champ, Cool Odds, uh, didn't run particularly well for him, at least in uh, in Idaho at Pocatello Downs, and CM Boom Shakalaka was really sharp down at Grants Pass. Uh, Boom Shakalaka last year, Nick, you were the 6-5 to five favorite. What do you recall about that race finishing third? Um, you know, he, he got away just a tad bit 
slow that day, and then he struggled with the racetrack on the final. Um, and it was uh, actually it was a little bit too quick back for him. Um, he, he was just a little bit dull compared to going into the trial. And uh, so it was just, you know, I, I attribute it to being a little bit quick back for him. He's, uh, he's not one that wants to run a lot. Um, you got to really keep him fresh. Very good, yeah, and uh, cool odds. You you had beaten that horse in the trial, and then he came back and edged you in the big one. Uh, you you happy with the way he's coming into the race uh, on Thursday? Oh, he's he's never been better. His mm. two races at Grand Pass were spectacular. He set a track record there also, and uh, so and missed the other uh, the other race. He missed a track record by five one thousand. So he almost had two track records. Wow, that is uh, that is great. And he's a five-year-old. He he's at his physical peak about right now. It sounds like. I, I believe he is. Yeah. C M Boom Shakalaka nine to five. He has the outside post number nine of nine in the four forty Bank of America Challenge Championship. I get that name mixed up quite a bit over the years, but it's still a, a nice purse of forty thousand. And uh, Vince Nick already said that uh, the nine post there is fine for that horse. Yeah, and as winner Nick is Chris Sutton coming up from Oregon to watch the horses tomorrow. Yes, he is. Uh, he, he doesn't get off work much, but he's coming tomorrow. Very good. Okay, and uh, on Wednesday at Emerald Downs, uh, good luck, Nick, and uh, nice participation in those thoroughbred or those quarter horse stakes. Excuse me, I'll get my breed correct here. But you have a good shot on Wednesday as well with Grays and Valor in a uh, filly and mare sprint. Uh, you just claimed her. You can see that her paper is pretty good from Emerald Downs, and there's a ton of speed in there. Is she going to be able to uh, stock uh, if she has to? Do you think? Uh, it, it looks to me like she's going to have to, um, and we'll find that out. Um, you know, she's she's pretty fast herself, but I, I think there's two or three that are you know that are going to send harder and are a little faster early. Um, so I hope she can just lay right off and lead, and, you know, third, second, fourth, somewhere in that area, and and pounce. That's my kind of our, our hope. Yeah, that uh, looks like a real possibility. Uh, what a fine record. Uh, she's seven out of eight in the top three here in her three-year-old year, and uh, a win and a second and two starts at Emerald Downs, new to the Nick Low Barn. That's Grayson Valor in the fourth on Wednesday. And then great chances in all three of the quarter horse events on Thursday. Nick, uh, uh, we'll, you're on the road. We'll see you soon up here in the state of Washington. And uh, thanks so much for contributing to Horse Racing Northwest. Thank you for having me, you guys. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Nick Lowe joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, got a little ambient sound going on there. Uh, Wes doesn't love that, but uh, he put up with it for us uh, from this particular guest. Well, yeah, a lot of those quarter horse guys, they haul their own, Joe, because they usually come in the day of the event or the day before, right? So uh, he's got a barn full of live runners there, a trailer full of live runners for uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I know you came to me right away. Boy, Nick Lowe, maybe we should get him on. He's got a great chance in all three of these. I, you know, and I, I like watching the quarters for a little change of pace, Joe. Oh, sure, you bet. Uh, we've had some really exciting moments there in our quarter horse uh, stakes and Sorelli. Uh, a few years back. That it's, was emotional, yeah. Yeah, Kelly Dugan, uh, Rodina Barrett involved there. Oh, boy, she was a top mare. Hey, you know what? I forgot to give out the new trivia question. People's got to know the trivia question if they're going to make an answer at trivia at emeralddowns.com. 
We ain't Kreskin, Joe. We need to know. Yeah. Okay. So uh, going back to a little bit of uh, uh, all tied into the greatness of North American racing, Skywalker, 1986, won the Long Acres Mile and the Breeders' Cup Classic. Lafitte Pinkai Jr. aboard for uh, Michael Whittingham, Charlie's son. Skywalker won both. Uh, who named the other two horses that won the Long Acres Mile and placed in the Breeders' Cup Classic? There's two names we need. Go ahead and send those into trivia at emeralddowns.com, and uh, we'll get you a ball cap when we see you. I got... Uh, I think I've got four stacked back there that are ready to be doled out. So thanks for participating in that. Uh, stats. Uh, boy, the Superfecta. We've been uh, doing well on the Superfecta at Emerald Downs this year. Available in every race. And it's a 15% takeout. So the nation is catching on. We are giving out an extra $14,700 per day in the form of winning wagers on the Superfecta because of that 15% takeout. And it adds up to about just a little under $250,000 returned to the betters on Superfecta wagers. And uh, so that is working nicely. The Superfecta handles have been great. And keep it up. Uh, it's a good deal. 15% takeout on Supers. That shows you that's real money, Joe. Yeah. I mean, that, that adds up a lot. It does. It's back in the pockets of the players, and they can continue to participate and uh it works well, so uh, that's a good stat. Uh, you know, we had, uh, would we have six winning favorites over two days for four or five weeks in a row? And last week we topped that finally, finally got, got off to six. seven. Yeah, you seven know, favorites. Still not quite 30% for the meat, that's though, right. which is really something. It's, uh, you have to go way back to the 90s before you find a figure under 30% for winning favorites, and it's just due to great racing and field size here at Emerald Downs this year. So, yeah, seven favorites won last week at the track. Uh, let's see, other stats. Uh, that's pretty much it uh, for stats. Let's go to some picks. Um, well, let's see, you want to start it off? I was okay last week. I did pick Buckley Bay on Wednesday. Good. He did get bet down to the favorite, but he won. And then Pistol Power on Thursday. Just missed. Oh, boy, he lost. What did he lose by, an inch and a half? It yeah. was close. One more jump, and Pistol Power was up. And, you know, those people are listening to Joe Withy out there because Buckley Bay and Pistol Power got action, man, at you the know, windows. That's happening. That's that's the nature of, of wagering in 2020 or the last five years. There's some really some big wagers coming at the end. And then the phone bets kind of cycle yeah, in at the end as well. And some horses really take a dive late, but it's uh they do it's all and on the, the up and up of course. Well I try to oh. look at the the will pays. That'll give you a little bit of a clue of where they're gonna end up. But yeah. still those can uh kind of lead you astray sometimes. We really have uh but you know you said it it's been tough and I'm gonna use that as my official excuse for my slump I'm in here picking. It's Malibu been, Mistress, you know, I would definitely take a strong look at her last next time out. She was the first time she starter. She was carried out really yeah. wide, yeah. And she she didn't break all that sharply either. Right. So Jeff Metz, first time starter, I picked her as well. Um, she ran out of the money, but she is definitely one of those second time starters that you're going to look for big improvement. Uh, you got to pick this week for, for Wednesday. I got one on Wednesday. I, let's see. We are in race 10. Okay. Uh, this is the filly I've been following since last year. Number three, classic Leah mm -hmm. drops out of an open 10 K a little drop in class. She chased a nice filly last time. Stay in grace all the way till almost exactly. the eighth pole. And then she got really tired 
Now she's going two sprints to a route. She did route okay last year. Gary Wales up, I think, third start for the meet. Uh, our friend Paul Johnson owns this one. I think Classic Leah's got a shot today in race 10, number three. You know, I was on her. I just about picked her to win. As you mentioned, she ran a really good mile last year. She has tactical speed, and she's getting away from a very sharp horse, uh, staying grace. I did go to Z Speranza in there. Both these horses are 6-1 to one on your morning line. Z Speranza is crazy when she runs two turns. I mean, yeah. it's, just, uh, it's just natural. It's at home for her. Her sprints can be rotten, but, boy, you put her at a mile, I think she can take this step up in class. Yeah. So I'm going with her. And you have Classic Lee. We're both in the same race there on Wednesday. How about Thursday? Thursday, well, I'm not going much of a price here, but this is a good old-school pace play. Race 7, uh, number, I don't know what number it is. Old-school Ike, number 6. Okay. I think it's only 5-2 to two on the line, but old-school Ike hasn't run bad in two starts, drops, and I think is going to clear this field, which to me is always a favorite angle. So I'll go with old-school Ike, race 7 on Thursday. Okay, old school Ike. I'm going to go to, uh, let's see, I'm going to go to the, what race is that? That's the ninth race. It's an older horse sprint at six furlongs. Claiming price is 5000 Greycaster's dropping down. Bound to go's dropping down. It's a pretty good race. Danger's my middle name, back at Emerald Downs. He was a maiden winner here last year at two. He's competed okay, but this uh, dream catcher with his 21 wins, two uh, three races yeah. at Emerald Downs, two wins in a second, a good second. I'm going to say he can take a step up in class and compete here. You've got him four to one. I think that's solid. Uh, Alex Cruz stays with him for Joe Toy. He obviously likes this track. Well, he, he likes just about any track because he's yeah. just one of those warriors. And I really struggle with that coming up on the line. That As was, you can see, that, was, that took a long time. And you put a horse like that four to one, it tells you how competitive it is because that horse couldn't be in better form. That is a tough race, yeah. Uh, some droppers in there. Dreamcatcher, though, is going to run his race as he has uh, three times here at Emerald Downs. Okay. Lots of great racing at Emerald Downs this week. Again, we go at uh, 225 on Wednesdays and 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>